Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you go into my office back there, you'll notice on my desk one of those great big desk calendars. You'll find the same thing uh, on the desk that we have at home. On it, we try to coordinate all the details uh, of our life. Not only do I have those, I also have the spiral bound 8.5 by 11 uh, planning calendar. On top of that, I have multiple spreadsheets, one for determining who will be the preacher and who will be the reader and what will be the Bible study that goes on here. And I even have dates planned out for meetings throughout the year. I feel like I got to be that planned. I got to get those details out onto paper or into something electronic. Because if I try to keep them in here, eh, that isn't going to work. Even with that level of organization, there's things that slip through my fingers. A couple weeks ago, maybe last week only, we had a meeting, a Newberg planning group, and, and I laid out you know, four meeting dates for that group throughout 2023. I see you there, Carolyn. Carolyn said, about the last date anyway, I could be dead by then. And we all had to agree. You know what? Not just you, Carolyn. Everybody in this room could be dead by that. Could. Or Jesus could come. Should we not plan? I think we plan and we work and we do the things of the kingdom of God. And if Jesus comes and leaves half of our plans left undone, all the better, all the less work for us. But until that day, uh, the main theme is let God find us to be faithful. And that's what kind of Jesus is saying to us in the gospel reading today. I urge you to look back at it again. It's right there in your bulletin. Or if you're watching online, you can go back to Matthew 24 in your Bible or Bible app. And, and what is Jesus telling his disciples? What would they take away? What would the original ones take away that, that we also should take away? He says, no one knows about that hour, day, or hour. Not even angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days of the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Up to the day that Noah entered the ark, they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Judgment Day will arrive. Jesus will come. And it won't be with this long run-up where you can stop your planning and stop your work. Um, there will be signs, but they'll give you maybe, I don't know, 24 hours or something like that, that, that people will see them in the skies. It won't be this real appreciable, you know, you can sit down and get into your rocking chair and watch Jesus come kind of experience. And then when he comes, this will happen. 
Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill, one will be taken and the other left. This isn't what some people would call the rapture. This is the sorting of mankind into those who have been redeemed by Jesus and those who are not. Now, how many is that? At one point in the passage that I always say is my least favorite passage in all of Scripture from Matthew 7, Jesus says, few, few will enter the kingdom of heaven. So what's few? Uh, When I think of few, I think of 5%, really small. And then Jesus tells the parable of the sower. And you go, you got one group that doesn't believe and one group that springs up and then fades away. And then one group that's strangled off and then one group's productive. And even though I know those aren't equal groups, there is a tendency in me loving symmetry to think, well, well, 25%, that's better than 5%. And here you got one taken, one left, that's 50%. So I'm pulling for, for that. But I don't know that any of those tell us how many people will be with Christ and how many people will be left behind. I just want you for a moment to try to imagine what it will feel like to be left behind. This is not very good. For the people who will be left behind, they will have not have been thinking that there was such a thing. They will have been denying maybe the existence of God or certainly the importance of Christ. And now, now the thing that they thought was fiction is proving to be the reality. And now, it is too late. There, there is no going back and fixing. There's no going back and taking what had been offered to them all along as a free gift, a free way to not, not come under the condemnation of the law, and now that time has moved. Yeah. For people who will experience that fate, it wasn't an unmovable destiny. I mean, I do think there are some who maybe, even while they are living, have so blasphemed God that, that God does give up on them, but I think that's precious, precious you. Most of the people at least had the potential somehow of, of being broken through to them. Why that doesn't happen, I don't fully understand. But I do understand this much, that, that God asks the people who, who understand what Jesus has given to them, to not just sit upon that gift, to at least put it before people, maybe put it before people over and over, to give that avenue of of work where the Holy Spirit can try to break through. It's no guarantee of anything. But at least 
at least it's better than being left behind. I mean, that is, that is something that is just so horrible. I'm, I'm sorry I've forced you to even think about it. We'd rather not think about it. Sharing Christ with people feels, it feels awkward. It feels unwelcome. It feels like you're breaking some sort of social taboo. And certainly Satan works hard to make it a social taboo. But sharing the gospel with people is loving them. Is loving them enough to not want them to be left behind. Sharing the gospel is doing the work of Jesus Christ. So it is working for your Lord. And sharing the gospel is honestly working for yourself. Because anything that is yielded from such efforts is is going to be to your glory. That person's existence in eternal life is going to be your joy, your reward. So Jesus urges us, he says, to keep watch. That's the NIV's version. The ESV says, stay awake. I worked really hard last night to see if I could do that. Stay awake. It was a lousy night's sleep for me. I was like, you know, it's the staying awake thing might be actually doable at my age. But Jesus, of course, is not saying literally stay awake. What is he asking us to do there? He's asking us to remain aware that we work with limited time. It's limited by something. It's limited either by Jesus coming again, our passing away, or the person we wish to reach out to passing away. Whatever comes first of those three things is the limiting bound for for that. So Jesus tells us, you know, be aware of this, especially aware of my coming. To, to stay awake or to keep watch also is to be aware of the seriousness of not having Jesus in your life. It's not a cultural thing. It's not just a religious thing. It is an eternal life thing. That's what it is. And it also is to be aware that when Judgment Day rolls around, it isn't just a matter for other people. It is a matter for us. The redeemed people of God are saved by grace, and they're saved by Christ. And so Judgment Day will not be a day where we lose entrance into eternal life with God. It will still, though, be a judgment day of our deeds. And, and we want them to, to still shine well, to show that we responded in a way that, that is worthy of the grace that was extended to us. Deeds can't save you, but certainly deeds can undermine what God has, has given you. And deeds, they can be rewarded. So we want to be busy with the things that God gives us to do. 
The epistle lesson for today, the Romans 13 passage, also talks about Jesus' coming again. But in there, it speaks a little bit more about um, how we are to prepare ourselves. Just really the second paragraph of it even uses the same language that, that Jesus uses. This is Paul speaking, though, and he says, And do this understanding the present time. The hours come for you to wake up from your slumber, because salvation is nearer now than was when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. So one thing he clearly states, and this should be obvious whether Jesus is coming again or not, as people who are part of the body of Christ, the morality of how we conduct ourselves matters. It matters to our witness. It matters to our God who is offended by such things. It matters to our own ability to remain repentant people. So we fight these things. And instead, he says, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. As I was singing the first hymn, and sometimes I pick hymns, I don't read them all the way through. And later, as we sing them, I go, wow, that was an excellent choice. Lucky, but excellent. Verse 5 of that first hymn we sang, the advent of our king. Before the dawning day, let sin's dark deeds be gone. The sinful self be put away, the new self all put on. Up until the day that either we leave or Jesus comes, we want to be putting off the old self and putting on Jesus Christ. And we did talk about this uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that. That that picture of putting on or taking off clothing, you know, and putting on Christ is talking about taking on the qualities of the divine nature that that Jesus shares with us. The qualities that are reflected in Him, and I'm not talking about omniscience or something like that. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about patience. You know that list. The qualities, the good qualities of God, they are the things that we want to emerge in us. And so we pursue them. And by God's promise, they do. They emerge in us. So... As the day comes near, all we can say is today, one day closer. Can't say if it's in this church year. Can't say if it's in the next calendar year. Can't say if it's even in 
the, the years that I will spend upon this planet. But I can say that it is coming. So therefore, I plan, I want to be aware of that. I want to be awake in that sense. I want to be watching. And I want to accomplish everything that I can accomplish. And may that be your attitude as well. We're not just killing time. We're not just entertaining ourselves. We are doing the work of the kingdom of God until Jesus comes. In Jesus' name, amen.